This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chiniki. We acknowledge the Satina, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Welcome to the Dave Leary Show! Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by Freedom's Path Recovery Society in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Thank you for tuning in. Please remember that these are opinions that are shared are those of the individuals and not of any agency, organization, or other entity, unless otherwise specified. Also, if you're a minor, please check with your parent and or guardian, as you need to have permission to listen to these podcasts. We will potentially talk about violent subject matter, sexual content, and difficulties human beings face on their day-to-day lives in recovery. I've never told my story, not really, like I've never really told my story, so Mm -hmm. I don't really, in my head, like I don't even know really where to start or I don't know. So if I had like a push maybe or whatever, like it was more conversation (laughs) and just like, I don't know. Cause once I get going, I'll be fine. But Mm -hmm. like, I just, at this point, like I kind of like, I don't know. Sure. So what was your, what was it like being a kid? Like, what was your family life like as a child? Like, how'd you grow up? Are you asking me? Yeah, <laughs> okay. totally. Because you wanted me to push we... you a little bit, so I okay. figured I'll just come right I, out and ask you. <laughs> I didn't know if we were like starting or not. Okay, sorry. Um, That's the difficulty with the laid-back nature of yeah, the David, okay. right? Yeah, I haven't done this yet. Okay, jeez, uh, as a kid. Um, t- hmm. Well, well, I grew up in the Yukon. Oh, okay. Yukon, so I was born and raised there. Really? Yeah. Um, what part of the Yukon? Whitehorse. And, and so I, you have to excuse my ignorance. I'm an American. So anything ge- geographically located outside of the United States, I have no fucking idea really where it is. Whereabout is that in terms of, say, the ocean or... So it's based, you know where BC is? Yes. Okay, so it's above. It's okay, so the top right of above, BC. Right above, the top. Okay. So northern. Yeah, yeah so Northwest Territory is okay. like, um, yeah, Yukon. See, I get confused because I, all I was taught about in school growing up was Alaska. Okay. There was no fucking Northwest Territories. There was no Fair Yukon. Enough. There was Alaska. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. Yukon is up there with that. Okay. Yeah, for Alaska sure. Alaska and Jason. <laughs> yeah, Alaska and Jason, I like that. right beside it, yeah. yeah. That's cool. It's interesting how American history books leave that shit out. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm not really I say interesting, but... Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then it's, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, grew okay. up there... Um, yeah, I, I mean, growing up there was a little bit tough. It's, um, I don't know, a small town. We lived mm-hmm. out in the boonies, so about... Did you? Yeah, about half an hour away from the city or whatever. Um, Did you guys have, a like, a house in the... In yeah, the... we grew up. We grew up kind of, like, in, um, I don't know, what was it? It was just Takini, Takini Sane Square or something like that. I still remember it. Um, and just a little tiny house, but my parents bought a lot out in the boonies. Mm. So we okay. did a ton of work when we were growing up. So we constantly go back and forth, back and forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, my parents ended up building a house out there for us. It was a beautiful wow. freaking house, like absolutely gorgeous. Wow. We had like three or four acres, mm-hmm. like really nice. And um, 
so in that sense spoiled but as kids growing up we had to do a lot of work so mm. we hated life obviously which it's, i'm grateful for today by all means because you probably have a decent workout absolutely yeah. yeah like literally had to work hard at yeah. a really young age and stuff so that was good um so yeah i got to grow up in a beautiful home um my parents oh well we got to grow up in a beautiful home however we also had to live while that house was being built in a garage Oh, okay. For like five years. Yeah. So that was painful. And so like you and how, how many siblings do you have? So I have a twin sister okay. and then an older sister. She's okay. about a year older. Than See, I knew you had a twin, but I didn't know about the older sister. Yeah. So. She, yeah. yeah. And she's the one that lives here. Um, so yeah, we, mm-hmm. so we had one teeny tiny room and all, we had a three tier bunk bed. So oh, we all okay. shared a room for five years. Yeah. And that was actually quite, quite exhausting and quite painful. Um, I think it's wild that you had like triple bunks though. <laughs> yeah. I do. I think that's pretty awesome. Like yeah. your parents treated it like you guys were a part of a Navy or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. I got the middle bed. So yeah, cool. it was good. Yeah. I mean, it was good, right? We had, it, it was a, it was a garage, but um, it was like set up as a little mm. house or whatever. And we didn't have water. We had to have water brought to us in this big, huge tank. So we had to boil the water for baths and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And yeah, so that was like the first five years. And then I think when we were in about grade five, we got to move up to the big house. So yeah. that was really, really cool. Um, we all had our own rooms, so that was neat. Um, that would have been like the dream come true. Right? <laughs> yeah, How absolutely. How old were you again? Um, so it's probably in grade five. What okay. am I at grade five? I don't know. Nine or ten or whatever. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So own room and stuff like that was pretty If we're cool. both bad at math, it's perfect. It <laughs> yeah, <works> I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am no math uh, at all. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I grew up there. It was super nice. Um, school was okay. Hated school. Obviously despised school. Never did well at all. Um, yeah. Hated it. Yeah. And then... Um, yeah, I didn't, to be honest, like, it's weird, like, growing up, even though my twin sister and I were really, really close, mm-hmm. her and I, um, so what my sister, my older sister would do to us is pick favorites. So, like, mm. she would, and we thought she was cool, right, because she was the older sister and, yeah. like, all that stuff. So she would basically pick one of us and to be her little, like, friend and then mm. leave the other one out. And, like... My memory, I don't know if this is actually yeah. how it played out, but my memories, I got left out a lot. I was yeah. kind of that odd odd duck. Mm-hmm. I mean, I cut my hair really, really short. Um, I was just kind of like the weirdo a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we would go out to friends' houses, I'd always come back to mom and dad to hang out with them and stuff. Yeah. And I was kind of a daddy's girl, mama's girl mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but I always like never felt included. Mm-hmm. And that started from a really young age. I always felt left out and sad and um, just pretty lost for the, for the majority yeah. of it and stuff. And then um, uh, when we were in early high school, um, my twin sister ended up um, meeting a guy mm-hmm. who was quite a bit older than her and she ended up moving out. And for me, that was absolutely heartbreaking because my older sister, she had a vehicle at the time, so she yeah. was going away. And then my sister moved out, so I was kind of home along mm-hmm. with mom and dad. And like that really like turned up a lot of turmoil, basically. Um, so my parents weren't getting along very well mm-hmm. and kind of just mayhem. So I kind of always just felt a little bit alone, yeah. even when I was alone, I guess. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, dealt with that and basically 
in grade 11, uh, my parents divorced. Mm -hmm. So we lost our big house and um, my dad moved out and that was like all chaos too. And um, yeah. That shit's hard. Yeah, it was. Uh, But we were actually like, it's weird. Like I hate to say it, but like it was hard. But at the same time, like my dad was so hard on us Mm -hmm. and just so like, Oh, I don't know, nitpicky. He's like, he was like freaking me almost. Oh, okay. I can see a lot of myself in him mm-hmm. and I like hate to admit that, but it's just like, I'm a lot like him, mm-hmm. maybe not as much anymore, but like yeah. just so harsh with us and stuff. So it was a, it was relief because my mom was a lot kinder and ah, okay. had a bigger heart towards us and yeah. stuff. So we were able to kind of just um, be with mom and mom mm-hmm. let us get away with a little bit more. So. <laughs> Whether that was on purpose or not, I don't know. But uh, who knows, right? But mm-hmm. it's nice to get it taken easy on us. Yeah. Every and once in a while. After my dad left, though, school went plummeted. Like, yeah. barely graduated, really, mm-hmm. and just stopped caring, pretty much. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's tricky, though. Like, how, and so, how old were you when they divorced? Ah, uh, so we were about 17. 17, eh? Yeah, 17. That's quite a time in a person's mm-hmm. life. Like, I, I don't know what it's like to be a 17-year-old girl, but yeah. I definitely know what it's like to be a 17-year-old <laughs> boy. Yeah. Like, that's So difficult. many emotions. Like, God, I yeah. would never be a teenager again if I could go back. It, what a painful time that was. I know. People say, mm-hmm. oh, I'd love to be a teenager again. And I'm always like, fuck that, dude. Like, seriously. No, never. I wouldn't mind going back through my 20s again with this head. Yeah. But I definitely don't want to go back to teenager, no. right? But No. Yeah. Oh, God. Painful. So, yeah. <laughs> it was painful. Yeah, no. Boys and all that mm. shit. And well, it's, it's so interesting that your your parents kind of split at 17 because mine separated at when I was about 18. Oh, wow. And then they got back together later. Mm. But it's it's like that, that time in our life, mm. right? When, um, I don't know about yourself, but yeah. where I was like, well, what the fuck am I going to do? Like it, all of a sudden it opened my mind to the fact that maybe my dad wasn't the super dude I thought he mm. was, right? Yeah. And, and same with my mom, that she wasn't the superhuman human that I thought she was. Yeah. I was a fucking brain rattler. Yeah, for know? sure. Yeah. Yeah, and like, I don't it know. It, it is like, I don't, I don't know, like, because at the time it was just like, freedom, mm-hmm. really in my okay, head. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. However, though, like, you know, I remember times like when we lived in our little garage and stuff like that, like I remember very faintly that like my dad would be trying to leave us Mm -hmm. and my mom would be unpacking his clothes and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so to be honest like what i know now and how i feel now i don't think that's the lifestyle he wanted to be honest and like i don't think he wanted to be there i don't think he wanted to live like that um i don't know about my parents relationship fully yeah but like i don't you know because uh something that was really heartbreaking was um my mom ended up telling us is like my dad basically told my mom that like he didn't want to pay anything for us mm-hmm. so when we when they divorced because he would have had to pay about a year child support for me and my sister yeah and he didn't want to so like he was willing to like make a deal with my mom basically that like um i don't know she could she could keep the house and mm-hmm. sell the house he would get his whatever yeah. but like he would never pay for our weddings or our grad mm-hmm. or have anything to do with us financially yeah. and like my mom took that burden on wow. whereas he like gave that up on us yeah. so ever since kind of then it was just like i f- i almost feel like you know he didn't really like i know he cares in his own way but yeah it's tough like 
don't it doesn't know. sound like it's the, like he might care in his own way, but that doesn't sound like the best way for children to be cared for. Yeah, right? totally. And I think that's always kind of affected mm. my, probably both like my sisters and I for sure. I bet. Kind of thing. So, yeah. And like my mom's always been a rock. So mm. she's been really good. So. Moms are tough. Mom are, moms are just something else. Eh? Yeah, they are. <laughs> they are. Yeah. And what I freaking put that poor woman through, like, God, <laughs> surprised she didn't fire me a long time ago. Frick. I, she might have if she could have. Yeah, Same totally. with mine, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, she totally would have. Yeah. yeah. But my dad, like, was a huge drinker, too. Mm. Like, a huge drinker. Yeah. Um, and when my parents divorced, he stopped cold turkey. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Never drank again. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Like, something obviously shook him to the core. Yeah. So never, you know? not a not a drink, wow. nothing since. Yeah. Which is really cool. So. Is he programmed? No. No? He just kind of no. did it and he said no? Yeah. yeah. He's probably one of those, what do they call them, hard drinkers? Or, yeah. yeah. Problem drinkers or Problem whatever? Problem drinkers, yeah. Yeah. Potentially, yeah, yeah. Like I can't tell him what he is, but no, of course not. And I mean, the reality is, is that our definitions of problem drinkers and alcoholics will change. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's like the more that I've been able to grow through these past few mm-hmm. years and stuff, like I see how much I was like my dad and mm-hmm. how stuck I was. So I think, in some ways, like he kind of has that alcoholic brain where mm. we're just yeah. so, like. Rigid, yeah. yeah. Rigid, yeah. Like, if anything is moved out of this freaking, you know, schedule or something, it's mayhem. And I can relate to that. I can still relate to that. Yeah. But it's funny because yeah, I could see that too as a part of your kind of under, underneath personality, right? Mm -hmm. That it's there. That person who, and this isn't a, a criticism. It's that person who wants control, right? Totally. Because without control, we get we have to do things we don't want to do. Yeah. Like be vulnerable and right. Wait for the other shoe to drop and yeah. Yeah. Wow. No doubt. Yeah. I want things to go my way. And if they don't, then I have a really hard time figuring out how to adapt to that. Yeah. Cause I don't like it. That's so funny. Cause as you're talking, like I am, the things are hitting me. Like this is another reason why I like you. Right. (laughs) Is that no, you, you're honest. You were honest from the minute you came in Uh, that that you, Hated the idea mm-hmm. of everything we had to offer. <laughs> yeah. And I love it, right? Yeah. Because that's how I was. Yeah. I know I've talked about it before. Totally. Right? Like yeah. when I came in, I was like, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm just not going to drink. Yeah. I'll show you, motherfucker. Yeah. It was more just stubbornness. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Stubbornness, like, and that old ego fighting with our new developing yeah. soul, right? Like, it's funny what pain will do to you, though. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so. what did pain do to you? Oh. <laughs> oh shit. Oh man. I don't know. What was your life like before? Cause I, I mean, I've only known you for a couple of years and obviously it's only usually in passing yeah. to some extent. So what was it like yeah. between the time your folks split mm-hmm. and like the time you found yourself having to like talk to a person like me? Like the first time you saw me, you must have been like, who the fuck is this guy? No, I thought that about all of you guys. I was like, I'm living a nightmare, literally. I'm around all these like soft spoken (laughs) like males that I do not relate to. Happy fuckers. Yeah, a bunch of happy fuckers. Yeah. (laughs) God, that made me even more mad. Does it? Uh, not to, not anymore, yeah, but it yeah. sure did. Yeah, like I could see that, especially if someone like me was like, "Man, I like you," and you're so angry, and I'm like, <laughs> "You're my favorite." Yeah, I can only imagine how that hits somebody. Or just saying, "Oh, you remind me of me when I was first in yeah. early sobriety and stuff." Yeah, yeah, 
Um, yeah, I guess like after my parents divorced, we only had about a year left of school, which was mm-hmm. awesome. And um, yeah, I kind of got in none to trouble, but I just kind of stopped caring. Mm-hmm. Um, we drink, my sister and I drank a lot more, started drinking like through high school. I didn't drink a ton. Yeah. Um, yeah, we didn't really do too, too much. And then, um, yeah, once my parents divorced, I was like, fuck it. And then, mm. yeah, drank more, went out more, party more. We skipped so much school. Um, yeah. So after that kind of happened, we just, um, yeah, waited for grad, yeah. got the hell out of there. My mom took me to Nanaimo. Mm-hmm. So I moved to Nanaimo, BC with her and my mom, she decided to go to school, get her master's and stuff and yeah. a degree. And uh, so I lived there with her and cool. fuck, I hated my life. Oh my God, no Did friends, you? nobody. Like it was a beautiful place. Like I yeah. ended up loving it. But, but but you were young, so friends are... Yeah, so tricky. unfortunately I got in with the wrong crowd, not good people and stuff. And um, I ended up uh, moving back to the Yukon. Mm. After, I don't even know if I was there a year. I don't even know. My mom was so good to me too. And I just, oh, what a nightmare I probably was. And um, yeah, life just kept getting worse Mm -hmm. and worse and worse. (laughs) And then, yeah, I moved back to the Yukon, went back out with like an ex-boyfriend, moved to Vancouver with him. That sure didn't work out. So I moved back to Nanaimo with my mom. So did a complete like 360 Mm -hmm. and... Yeah, hung out with her for a while and I got a job, um, which I had for a long time, mm-hmm. a little place in Nanaimo, which I really loved. And What were you doing there? I started off as a barista yeah. and I loved it. Um, my boss was such a hard ass and God, I'll never, like at the time I hated it, but yeah. uh, she pushed me to do a lot that I didn't want to mm-hmm. do. So it was really cool. I ended up being manager there and stuff. Nice. And, yeah, it was really, really cool. It was good for me. Um, I was always really good with my money, so I always saved up and mm-hmm. stuff. And um, I lived with my mom. I'd go move out somewhere else. I'd live with yeah. my mom, moved out, all that, like, constant. I was such a transient, like, moved mm-hmm. constantly. I could Nothing was ever okay. No place mm-hmm. was ever good enough. And, like, I remember that job because uh, I got fired multiple times. <laughs> And cried for my job back because <laughs> because I'd come in hungover, vomiting yeah. in the back, oh. and I couldn't see the problem or see what was going on. I'm like, I just had a good night. But when you start at 5 a.m. in the morning, it's like, oh, what a nightmare. So, right. yeah, cried for my job back multiple times, and I don't know, I ended up, yeah, I worked there for a long time. And then... She um, obviously saw something in you. She, yeah. Right? Like, yeah, and I was a hard worker, yeah. like... The funny thing is, is like, I had no like skills. Like I was pretty young when I started there, mm-hmm. but I'll never forget that the one girl was like, can you shred a carrot or what did she say? Cut a c- carrot, shred a carrot, something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, the fuck does that mean? So <laughs> I think she meant like cut a carrot. So yeah. I'm taking this carrot and like literally just sawing it off. And I just remember the, like the look on her fucking face. I was just like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Just no skills, no nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, anyways, so I built up a lot of skills actually yeah. there. I met a lot of really cool people. Like, I'm pretty personable. Mm-hmm. Like, I have that hard kind of exterior, but like, I um, definitely am a people person. So, yeah, I don't I, think you have a hard exterior at all. I think that like you've been used to having a hard exterior. I yeah. Think. Yeah. I think that just comes out a lot yeah. and that's my what I fall back to. And yeah. it's like my safety almost. It's like your default or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
for sure. And like my sister ended up uh, working there with me as well. So t- two yeah. twins at Boca, like everyone fucking loved us. Oh, no shit. Got so many tips and like, yeah, yeah we were just living the dream. And again, like hard workers, that was, yeah. that was the main thing. And yeah, at, then I ended up uh, meeting a guy there and um, moving to Ontario like mm-hmm. three months later because I thought that was a really good idea. I ended up moving there. He told me that we'd get like a place and all this. We ended up living with his mom and dad, who I adored and loved mm-hmm. to this day. But uh, what a nightmare that was. Mm-hmm. Um, hated my life, hated everything. I so wait, you knew the guy for three months. Yeah. You moved in with him mm-hmm. and it didn't work out. How is that possible? <laughs> it gets better. Three though. months seems like a long enough time I to know. know and there were so many red flags. Like <laughs> the first time we hung out, I got loaded, shocking. Yeah. And I was like hitting on some other guy. Isn't that? <laughs> and then he was so mad at me. And yeah. I like crawled my way back in because yeah. like just so like low self-esteem, mm. just hated everything about myself. So I felt like I had to have this guy. Anyways, yeah, um, moved to Ontario, packed up everything. Like I had just like applied for auxiliary. I didn't make it. Mm-hmm. That's okay. But like I was volunteering. I did tons of volunteer work. Ever since I was like 20, I did yeah. so much volunteer work with kids and everything. And I just literally gave everything up. Mm-hmm. I look back now and I'm just like, what was I thinking? Yeah. I was so sad because I was doing so, I like I, I wasn't, but I was doing really well. And I had at that point, like I had, like I had always wanted to be a police officer. Yeah. That was like my dream. Being a cop was. How uh, old were you when you remember first thinking that? Grade three. Really? Mm-hmm. And that's very specific. So you obviously very, remember. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Like I remember being like in elementary school and high school, and the police officers would come into our class yeah. and. Um, Chuck Bertrand, that's what his name was. Yeah. He a Mountie that came in to our classroom, and I just loved him. I loved him so much, and like. Mm. Um, I had, I used to have all these cool like workbooks and stuff that I would Mm -hmm. keep of me being a detective and like grade two or three work and stuff. So, um, so (laughs) so yeah, like I had all that stuff. I just, yeah, it was, I just found them so fast. I put them on this pedestal and I don't really know why I never really had any interactions with police Mm. besides school or anything, but always wanted to be a cop and I just admired them so much. I remember like, um, yeah. I just remember um, even like, you know how even now they'll have like those, uh, I don't know what the hell they are, gatherings and stuff and there'll be mm. police cars and fire cars and oh, trucks yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So I remember doing that from a really young age too, just kind of loving the cop car and- Going and checking out totally. the cars and stuff, yeah. Yeah, so when I was in Nanaimo, I decided to, um, this is probably closer to when I first moved there, uh, I, I decided to write the test for the first time. Mm-hmm. I failed. I cried. <laughs> yeah, it was, like that test was bloody hard. Like, yeah. frick, that thing was hard. What what test was it? Like the aptitude kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the aptitude. Yeah. So they can figure out if you're like smart enough to use a safety on a gun and such. Not even. I know. I know. I remember the one of the word was uh, one of the word the vocabulary words was zealous and being 19, not doing very well in school. Yeah. I didn't know what the fuck that meant. Like yeah. Jesus. So anyways, I failed that miserably. I did study and stuff, but like I would have like poster boards in my, my room mm-hmm. with like, you know, collages, how people yeah. would put like inspirations. Like mine was like RCMP and yeah. always wanted to be a Mountie. And so I failed that. That was disheartening. Um, but I, um, yeah, I still wanted to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, yeah, and then what next? Oh yeah, and that's why I volunteered so much is because yeah. I was like, hey, like let's build up my, like I had the right mindset. I think mm -hmm. I just kind of wasn't fully committed and stuff. But, um, but there yeah. was other things that needed to happen for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, like there was just always like the drinking and the parties and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like I always fell into that kind of stuff. I was yeah. young and especially when my sister, my twin sister came to live with me, like God, we went out a lot, partied mm -hmm. a lot. And that's all I, we wanted to do really. And um, yeah, and then like when, once I moved to Ontario, um, I, I lasted not even a year. I moved back to Nanaimo because mm -hmm. we broke up. He moved to Nanaimo for two months only. So I stayed, I didn't move back. And then, um, yeah, I stayed in Nanaimo, got my job back at Boca and stuff. And like, I, I had met a lot of police officers and stuff in mm -hmm. Nanaimo and I had like a pretty good reputation with them and stuff and volunteering, like they had a community police station. So I started volunteering mm -hmm. there. I worked night shifts with them and um, just love that crew there. And um, yeah, just worked my butt off really mm -hmm. super focused and I worked and uh, the drinking slowed down a tiny bit, but I still, it was still kind of a priority and stuff and it's always been in my life. I've never been an everyday drinker or anything mm -hmm. like that, but. More um, of a binge variety? Very much so. Yeah. yeah, like just when I start, I can't kind of stop yeah. and whatnot. So, so yeah, like I was really focused on that and then. Um, yeah, I was living with my sister and yeah, the drinking kind of got out of control a wee bit more and... Um, so your twin sister came back from leaving with a boy? No, so I did. You did, so, okay. So uh, yeah, like I just jumped around yeah. so much. Yeah. Like, so when I, I lived in Nanaimo, I moved to Ontario with a boy that I met from Nanaimo. Gotcha. Lived with him and his parents for maybe a year. Yeah. And then we broke up, so I moved back. Mm -hmm. And then my twin sister had ended up coming back to Nanaimo as well. Oh, okay. So we worked together and stuff, gotcha. but we were almost a bad influence on each other. We really played I on bet. each other. Yeah. I and bet. we'd go to the bar, dress up like twin, like yeah. we'd dress up the exact same and mm -hmm. stuff like that to get that attention and pick fights with people mm -hmm. and yeah it was just like there's something that happens when you spend time with your siblings man mm -hmm. like i i'm a totally different person when i'm not around my two brothers mm -hmm. without question like i'm probably becoming more and more the same person as i get older yeah but when they're around me i am fucking nuts yeah there's something that gets triggered in my brain and i'm like i can do whatever i want yeah. my brothers are here absolutely because i know that you know man no matter what happens they're there yeah which and that's with my twin sister. Fucking dangerous, yeah. especially when you're young. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was our mindset. Yeah. Always. I felt like like no one could touch mm -hmm. me. And Indestructible. I'm sure, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um Yeah, so it was just it was crazy. So we really played on each other's, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and then <laughs> I'm laughing, but it, I mean obviously things that happened probably weren't all funny, but <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my it's god, you know what we did? Shit. Oh. What'd oh you God, do? It's so bad. Okay, so we <laughs> went out and got loaded one night. Yeah. Shocking. And uh caught me by surprise. We we cut we came back to the apartment. We lived in a condo and uh I lost my keys. Yeah. So we had to like go all the way back to the bar, look for these bloody keys, loaded, couldn't find them. But my sister worked at like in an hour or two. Mm. And uh so I'm like, oh shit. So she just like kind of I remember she like kind of started to sleep like outside our door yeah 
So we saw this homeless man on the side of the street. Yeah. And we're like, hey, can you climb up on our balcony, which was on the third floor, yeah. go into our house and let us in? This, this, we, we didn't even know who this guy was. Yeah. So anyways, he made it halfway. Someone called the cops on him. <laughs> <laughs> and my sister and I just booked it. Oh. He was getting put... Like yeah. cuffed in a cop car. Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> you fuckers. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, shit. Oops. <laughs> no, but, I mean, I could see it. Because when the cops come, you run. Totally. That's what you do. Like, that's <laughs> oh, hilarious. It's awful so and good. hilarious. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would... guy's just fucking <laughs> he's... away. And all he's doing is like climbing. Like, yeah. we're literally on the third floor. It's pretty high up there. And like, yeah, wild. someone saw him on their yeah. balcony. So... <laughs> they called the cops and we're like, wow. oh shit, Rod. It's yeah. just like, it's that, that uncovering of the uh, the alcoholic's way of thinking, right? Is that, <laughs> this is obviously okay. This uh, yeah. guy can climb yeah. here. Yeah. Like, what the fuck were we thinking? Oh my God. Like, well, What you were thinking face. was that you were probably drunk, so yeah. you couldn't climb it. Yeah. Right? How do we, we find someone? We needed to get in. <laughs> but someone had our keys too, yeah. so it was just, oh, uh, What a nightmare. What a nightmare, yeah. yeah. So, huh. So, hey, if you're out there, dude, like, seriously, she's sorry. Yeah, I truly am. She is sorry. She's laughing because yeah. she's, she's caught. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Just, oh, man, and, some of the absurd shit. Eh? And it's literally, you just think about yourself, like, it has nothing yeah. to do with anybody else. It's yeah. like, what is good for you? Yeah. And, yeah, I shake my head, but it's, it's oh, crazy. Chelsea, there are times where I'm walking, everything is fine, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'll remember something that I did back Cringe. then. God, it's awful. I know. You cringe. You, I get embarrassed. Like mm-hmm. my face turns red, and I'm like, "Oh my!" I laugh out loud now. Thank God. Yeah. Because the days where I had to stop and cry are over. Thank you, God. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah. kind of like that, that realization that, oh my God, not only have the bad stuff. Yeah. Like the stuff that was negative on my life in general, but there's that, mm-hmm. the embarrassing stuff. I that know. Probably happened. Way too much. Uh, you know how many times I dropped trow and went pee and stuff? Like, oh my God, yeah. Many, many times, yeah. like not caring who's around. It's just like, oh God. Right? I think you said it well, though. It's that selfishness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right? And like I would do that. Yeah, it was just I, in front of anybody. And it was mm-hmm. just so, it's just, yeah, it's definitely cringeworthy. That's for yeah. sure. And you just, that's, you know, that's what I was like as a uh, drunk and mm. you know I wish I would have seen some of those things coming into the program and yeah. stuff because it, it, that it was just normal mm-hmm. and that's the sad part it was yeah. just normal like I had no problem going on like a drinking spree yeah. like bulldozing through everybody's life mm-hmm. including my own and yeah hurting whomever and whatever so it's just yeah what a nightmare and yeah, and then, um, yeah, so I don't know, like my early 20s there was like Party City, mm-hmm. really. And then boys, like always had to have a fucking boyfriend for mm-hmm. some reason, right? Like I just, cause I couldn't be alone. Yeah. But then I hated every guy that I was with, really. Like mm-hmm. they all sucked. And, um, or they'd, you'd just party with them or you'd find some guy that you found out was like a cokehead or something. It's yeah. like, ah. You're yeah. an addict. Get away from me. <laughs> That's right. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, get that. Yeah, no thanks. Take, your, do take drugs. your drugs, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, one night, I was doing really well. All was good for the most part. Uh, job, sister was there. Uh, at this point, um, the boyfriend that I moved to Ontario with, 
uh, we had kind of been talking a tiny bit and we were kind of t together. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, well, I guess, no, not kind of. We were together, it was just long distance. And yeah. uh, uh, he pocket dialed me one night and uh, um, he was with, a, I could, we were listening to his conversation, he was with another girl. Mm. And uh, they were laughing. It sounded like they were on a date or something like yeah. that. So you know what I did? I packed up my stuff and moved there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. But that seems like a, a mm -hmm. wise reaction at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I left absolutely everything yep. left within a month, moved there. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And guess what? It didn't work out this time either. What? However, I did stick it out a lot longer. GTFO. I know. So I was <laughs> promised all these things as well. And I was like, oh, this sounds wonderful. Yeah. And uh, we were supposed to move to Toronto and stuff, and that never happened. We literally lived with his parents for so long and basically took advantage of them mm -hmm. the whole time. Didn't pay for anything. They cooked me food, and I was a miserable shit, that's for mm -hmm. sure. Like, hated my life. However, this time what I decided to do is do something with my life. Because yeah. around this time, I think I was about 24, 25-ish. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I decided to go to school because I wasn't working or anything. So I went to, I decided to take... Um, Actually, prior to that, I took the RCMP exam again and mm -hmm. failed that miserably again. <laughs> Good for you for keep trying, though. Yeah, I yeah. definitely failed. I don't even—they don't even tell you what you get if it's so bad. So, oh, so. Did they, did, did they just look at you when it's really bad and go, "Yeah, no." <laughs> I got a letter in the mail. Did you? Mm -hmm. uh. I'm sorry to inform you. Um, which is whatever. Yeah, um, but good for you sticking it out, man. Mm -hmm. Tried to upgrade too, did yeah. the upgrading and stuff. Uh, that was tough as well. And yeah, so I ended up going to school, which was really cool. I went to, did a two-year program. It was the 911 communication mm -hmm. program. Now I did that program in Ontario. I went to Durham College. I did that program because I didn't, um, like a, they had one that was called like Police Foundations. Yeah. But if like my goal, my end goal was like, okay, let's, I need to be a Mountie. Like I'm gonna do this. And um, I, uh, I wanted some schooling or something because everything else I had tried so hard like was not working. So um, I knew if I took police foundations, if I couldn't get into the Mounties right, now, mm -hmm. I, right away, I couldn't get a different job unless it was like a security guard and I just yeah. didn't want to go that route. Yeah. So I was like, hey, 911 communications, at least this way, I could be, say, a 911 operator and then yeah. make my way in later. And so I did so poorly in high school, I was kind of nervous, but... I fucking kicked ass in college. Mm -hmm. God, when I applied myself, I just, like, I was on the dean's list. I was a straight-A student. Mm -hmm. um, I think my average was, like, a 94.5 or something. Good for you. Uh, yeah, like, I did super, super, super good. So, like, I dedicated my whole life to that and mm -hmm. working out and stuff. I worked out a lot. Got a trainer because mm -hmm. I know I knew how... Um, depot was like with mm -hmm. the fitness and stuff like that so like as much as i hated my life so much there i was like i have yeah. to do something about it and him and i like what a it was an abusive verbal mm -hmm. domestic everything like it was just such a bad relationship but yeah. i i hung on because i saw the tunnel like the light mm -hmm. at the end of the tunnel kind yeah. of thing and me using him, like, he was really, really sick too. Mm -hmm. And, like, um, while I, I was there for about three years, but um, I didn't drink very much. Like, I did, but um, uh, he told me when I had first moved there that we went out to his family's cottage, and I got so loaded. And I guess I hit on his uncle. Don't remember that. I yeah. vomited everywhere. I, I'm a flight risk. Like I took off. Like I took off in the boonies. Just yeah. started running. I tried to like 
jump out of a moving vehicle and he had had it with me yeah. and he was just like if you don't stop drinking like you're I'm done with yeah. you and I was like okay like I'll stop drinking mm-hmm. which I didn't like I'd sneak out in the middle of the night and go drink with his neighbor yeah. or upstairs I'd steal his parents wine and stuff like that and like he would just never know mm-hmm. so I did that constantly but like once kind of school came like I that was my new drug was like school because I was so focused the gym I was just that was my high and I was doing such a good job at it so yeah so like I did quit for quite a while Mm -hmm. like on and off like I I didn't drink like I had but um yeah did really well in school uh, graduated that um while I was in school I had been in for about a year of the program I decided to take the RCMP test again Mm -hmm. and I passed and uh yeah so i was super excited about that so that's when my process started basically Mm. with that so the polygraph um the interviews Mm -hmm. all that fun stuff medical and mm -hmm. so i got to do all that um which was really really cool it's kind of a cool process it is but it's a frustrating process because it takes so long and like i wanted it now just like everything in Mm. life and yeah that just wasn't happening and like i was living such a miserable life that yeah. I had to get out of that life and uh this was my only out basically mm-hmm. so i hung on for a little bit longer it kind of worked out good school ended and i was only like i try like the police stuff was taking so long so mm-hmm. like i basically had to wait um about I don't know what it was, but I, I decided not, I, like I was looking for a job for 911 and like yeah. that wasn't my passion. So I never, I wasn't prepared in the interviews and stuff mm-hmm. like they were asking me like chief of police of Oshawa. I'm like, well, like I didn't study that stuff. So anyways, yeah. I miserably failed all that stuff and, but I didn't try. And then, uh, yeah, it worked out where it was like, yeah, Chelsea, you're going to depot mm-hmm. on, I believe it was December 7th. 2014. Okay. Yeah. So it was really cool. So anyways, like I packed up my shit, put it all in um, uh, storage unit. Mm-hmm. And bye. I went to depot. That was, uh, it was good. Something I will never forget. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, my drinking skyrocketed then though. Mm-hmm. Like it was so bad. I met a boy, started dating him. He was the, he was the oh, what do they even call that now? Right marker? I don't know what it is. The... Mm-hmm the leader of the team. Oh, okay. Can't remember if, if they call him that. It's been forever. But anyways, he was like the cool guy. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll date you. Cool. And uh, so, yeah, <laughs> we were together for about like the six months in depot, but yeah. we were allowed to leave um, uh, on weekends. So mm-hmm. we would always go get a hotel, go get drunk with the team mm-hmm. every single weekend, every weekend. And uh, I would black out constantly mm-hmm. and oh, whatever. Oh my God. Yeah. Anyways, it was really bad. Uh, Depot was good. It was stressful. Um, that would have been stressful, man. Especially so trying to juggle out. your drinking. Oh my God. It was, uh, looking back now, I wish like I could go in there like now all like, huh. Mm. Um, but it was not like that for me. I, I did struggle. Mm. Um, and you know, as addicts, you know, we don't like to fail either. And like, I did fail a lot and yeah. it was good for me, but um, like I struggled with the firearms mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I like the cool thing about me is that I will try and try and try until mm-hmm. I fucking get it. And like I worked my ass off in depot. Yeah. Like everyone 
we'd go out and have fun and stuff during the week and I would never, I'd be up till 11, 12, one in the morning, have to be up for five o'clock for mm -hmm. band, you know, like I just literally work my ass off. Anything I've ever gotten in my life, it was yeah. never handed to me. Mm -hmm. I've had to work my freaking butt off for it. And it was so new for me, that kind of lifestyle, that regiment, whatever, because you get mm -hmm. army guys in there, you get those types of people who've experienced that. And for me, I was just like a little girl, like, ah, where am I? Mm -hmm. But uh, I did really, like I did well, like I passed with my team and uh, I worked really fucking hard, mm -hmm. really, really hard. I met a lot of amazing people through there. Um, and yeah, and then I got posted to Fort Mac. That's where I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. um, so I got posted there, which was really cool. I was excited to be there. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I got there and I got to buy my br a brand new truck. Like mm -hmm. I was, you know, I was always like, not poor, but could never afford anything. Mm -hmm. Rented out a room. So my life was finally coming together. I had my career, I had a brand new truck. I was meeting new people. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, yeah, my trainer there was god awful. Mm -hmm. I got bounced around a lot, so like I didn't really have the training that I think I probably deserved. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but it was still pretty cool. I met lots of people and um, still friend like uh, mm -hmm. quite, have quite a few friends still up there. And then met Albert, which you know, which you now know is my hubby. I love Albert, man. Yeah, he's a good dude, man. I'm hard on that kid. Fuck. You are hard on that kid. But I am. I, I think that he's made a special stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. So are you. So I, I I put him through the ringer. I bet. Oh my god, when I first oh my god, when I first met him, like okay, so in Fort Mac, my drinking was mm -hmm. pretty good too. But they all drank. Like he drank. They yeah. all drank. I just took it to excess. But like I remember going out one night and like we had like we were. This is like my brain too. Like we. I was there for, fuck, two weeks. Mm -hmm. And then I had um, one of the steno ladies that worked for Fort Mac, the city there, um, was like, hey, we want to hook you up with this guy. I was like, absolutely not. Like, I just fucking got here. I just mm -hmm. want to get my, like, grounds or whatever. Like, no, just see what he's like. He's got a kid and uh, was married. I'm like, yeah, fuck no. I will never date mm -hmm. anyone that's married or has yeah. a kid. And then... I don't know, I think we were just starting to kind of message back and forth and mm -hmm. we ended up like hanging out and like literally the day that we hung out, we were like inseparable kind of mm -hmm. thing. But that was my behavior. I always do yeah. that. I cling like I've never mm -hmm. clung before. And uh, yeah, and I, I to this day, I don't really know why I do that. But yeah. um, obviously I don't have to do that anymore. But um, with him, I did. Like mm -hmm. we moved in within three months probably yeah. together. And up there, it's it's pretty lonely, and like, um, you know, I struggled when I first went up there. My third call when I went up there was a homicide. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it was a gruesome one too. So it was just like I was alone. I didn't have very many mm -hmm. friends, and so I was like ready to kind of latch onto anything. The drinking was helping, but not the way I kind of needed it and mm -hmm. stuff. So like Albert, Albert was good for me because yeah. he had been on the job for a long time, and he was just like patient and nice with me but yeah we would go drinking all the time I remember like we bought a brand new mattress and like furniture for a tiny little room that we were staying mm -hmm. in and I got drunk one night and had uh, wine and vomited all over our brand new everything oh. yeah and he was like so worried about me he worked the next day I was on the couch I blacked out I don't even know what happened yeah I'm like, why are you laying on the floor? He's like, well, I thought you were gonna die or something. So he literally slept on the floor, making sure that I wasn't gonna like 
choke on my own puke or something. Yeah. And But that's what he put up with for so long. Yeah. Like that was our life in Fort Mac. Which mm -hmm. looking back now, I'm like, dude, why did you fucking stick around? Like yeah. what in the actual? He's made us some special shit. <laughs> like, like seriously. Holy, like I would have yeah. been like, bye-bye. You know, it's not like we're together for very long either, yeah. right? So it's just like, oh man, like the shit that I put him through. Remember I took off on him too, running mm -hmm. down the street, came back, smoked my head and almost knocked myself out. <laughs> like fuck, <laughs> dragging me back at like three in the morning. It's oh, just man. mortifying, like so mortifying. But yeah. Um, You're explaining why none of the girls back then stayed with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you I go. I was fucking mortifying. Yeah, must totally. Just so much work and stress mm. and oh God, painful. So yeah, mm. it was nuts. And then, um, yeah, that was constant. Uh, so I was in, uh, yeah, I was, how long was I in Fort Mac for? I was in Fort Mac for a bit. But uh, yeah, then the fires happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, Al and I lost the place that we were living in. Um, so yeah, the Mounties gave us like two months off and we came down to Calgary and was applying for Calgary police yep. um, and did like the process and all that. So um, the process was a little bit easier for us just because we were trying to come mm -hmm. over. Um, and yeah, just everything kind of fell into place where we were able to move to Calgary. And um, uh, he... He was lucky and got to do the just a three-month program because yep. he's just a retread where I had to do the whole thing over again and stuff. Because you were relatively new. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, I'm fine that I did it. Um, you had to have two years with the Mounties and mm -hmm. I didn't have two years. Yeah. So yeah, I re I like did the whole the class thing again and again had some really amazing people. Mm -hmm. Met a lot of people in there. Um, you know, definitely looking back now uh, in classes, my drinking definitely um, caused me a lot of problems, Did like it? with classmates, not yeah. only, but uh, for myself. Mm -hmm. um, and then like early on in the training, I ended up getting a really bad concussion and I was put out for about four months. Wow. But I remember going to the doctor and like, yeah, you're not going to be able to go to work. You can't drink nothing. But I drank my face off mm -hmm. like I couldn't. I was so depressed that I like got kicked, like not kicked out of class, but I got removed from my yeah. class and I knew that I'd have to go back. And I was so, like, after doing like basically six months of training with Depo, training being brand new in um, the Mounties and mm -hmm. now having to go through this, it was just like a bloody nightmare. Mm -hmm. I hated it and yeah, so um, yeah, I got better with that and uh, got into another class and was able to finish off like the month or two that I had left yeah. and met an, a lot of amazing people and yeah, and then um, I'm not obviously going to get into a ton of detail with like kind of what happened mm -hmm. and stuff, but t just realistically, like my life just not even slowly fell apart. It quickly fell apart. Mm -hmm. Once I finished training and stuff and got onto the road and stuff, I mean, I loved my job and, um, you know, I had some decent people in my life and stuff, but I hated me. Like mm -hmm. I hated everything about, I was like terrified of messing up, fearful of people not liking me, hating mm. me, all these things. Like it wasn't the fear of the job. It was fear of what I would do if this happened or this happened or this. Like I exhausted myself. Mm -hmm. It was so painful. Like I couldn't, you know, I just, I couldn't, um, I couldn't function anymore. Yeah. And I couldn't think. I thought that I had to take all these calls for people to like me and think that I was a hard worker, but then I would be stuck with all these files that I had no idea what to do with. And then that stress was piling up on me. And then, 
Um, you know, I'd go to parties with people that I work with and stuff, and that never turned out well either. And um, I ended up pushing one of the girls that I work with, and it just like went downhill so quickly, mm-hmm. and I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. Like I almost like I had that feeling inside where I wanted to get hurt at work yeah. so I could just go off because I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. Like I, I was crumbling and I, I wanted to break my arm or break my mm. leg or get in a car accident. So I would have some reason to be off because mm. I knew that I was not like, okay, like something was wrong. And Al took like the brunt of that too, right? Cause I was yeah. so stressed out and the drinking kind of just, you know, got a little crazy and mm. then um, and then towards the end, uh, I went to go see uh, my doctor and kind of was just explained to her what's going on. And like, you know, she um, basically, they put me on some meds to maybe calm me mm-hmm. down a teeny tiny bit, um, which didn't help, obviously, yeah. like it didn't help at all. And uh, yeah, um, I kept pushing and pushing and pushing. and going to work, hating my life, started calling sick a lot because I didn't want to go to work anymore. Yeah. And um, I always felt like everyone was talking about me mm-hmm. and, you know, they probably were, to be honest. I, I don't know, but like, mm-hmm. you know, because I, you know, I probably wasn't doing a good job. How can I when I'm taking these files that I don't know how to do and yeah. trying to prove myself being so new and and just so like brain fog kind of yeah. thing. And then, yeah, one day, I basically got pulled into the office and broke down and, you know, got sent home. And the stress of that alone was just Mm -hmm. unbearable because I was like, what's happening to my life? Why am I getting, am I getting fired? Like, Mm -hmm. anyways, so I went. You spent your whole life getting there. Totally. And I was like, I I finally have what I want. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I have this great guy at home. We live in a beautiful house. We, I have my job, I have people, good people in my life, and it's like, why is my life falling apart so bad? Because yeah. everything sucked in my life. It was so bad. Like even my family and stuff, I wasn't getting along with my family. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have friends, because really all I wanted to do is come home and be alone and drink, yeah. and that that is it. And yeah, like that was my life, and that's what I relied on, and unless you were a drinker, I probably wouldn't have invited you over. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was just, what a nightmare. And yeah, so I went off work and then I went and chatted with the bosses and stuff. And they're like, yeah, just take a month, man. Like, chill. I'm like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. No, I I was not that chill about it. I was fucking stressed, like, to the nines. My body was, like, going in some, I don't know. Anyways, so I drank, like, a lot every day. So, because I was so stressed out. I didn't know what was happening to me. And again, more worried about what everyone else is fucking thinking. Like, Mm -hmm. what are they talking, saying, all this stuff. And um yeah and then my life didn't get any easier um and then um uh talking to some people that i work with and stuff um basically led me to going talking to a psychiatrist or psychologist whoever she was Mm -hmm. um that deals with addiction within the police um cps and stuff uh spent oh god like five or six hours with her Mm -hmm. super honest at the end, she tells me I'm a severe alcoholic. I was like, who the fuck is this biatch? <laughs> like, seriously, like, you, you know me for five hours mm. and I'm a severe alcoholic? Anyways, I was like, uh, like they're like, you need to go to treatment. Nah, I'm not going to treatment. Yeah. Well, then you're not working. Okay, I guess I'm going to treatment. So, <laughs> yeah, so they gave me a week 
so I binged. Oh man, mm. I drank a lot. It was good, not good, but it was good. Um, I had to get it out of my system because yeah. that thought of like I can never drink again. Like, what is this nonsense? Mm. Um, so yeah. Anyways, I remember. Yeah, the first day I went there, what a mess. I was so scared. Frick, was I scared leaving Al? Because like, even though like he was my punching bag for so long, he was mm-hmm. still that person for me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was just terrified. My sister and my niece came to say goodbye to me as well. They oh, were they? so good to me. Yeah. yeah, everyone was just starting to worry about me and stuff, right? So yeah, there off I went for about two months. I was there. Yeah. Um, Frick was I sick when I was there. I think of it now. I'm like, what a nightmare I was at. I remember yelling at the girls because mm. she stole my toothpaste and just making such a big deal about it yeah. and stuff. And Everything's yeah. monumental, eh? Totally, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, how dare you steal from yeah. me? You could have just asked, right? But some of the people don't understand that. Like, one of the reasons why we respond that way in those circumstances mm-hmm. is because we're all of a sudden have no control over our life. Mm-hmm. We're, we're being told in order to get better, we have to do all this stuff. Yeah. But we don't necessarily believe it yet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And I mean, the, one of the, the basis of our illness, of the illness of addiction or alcoholism is that selfishness yeah. that you mentioned. That inability to see ourselves as the others. Mm-hmm. We see ourselves separate from the others. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and what thinking that is, hey? Like, yeah. it's crazy, really. It's no wonder our lives fall apart. Though. Totally. Because most people won't take that shit for very long. No. I mean, Albert's different. He's I know, a, Albert. Like I said, he's a special fucking dude. He is a special dude. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Kinda, and he's super nice. Yeah. Like, seriously, you wouldn't know that yeah. you put him through the ringer. Because he's just yeah. such a nice soul. And he's such a good cop, too. Yeah. And he's just such a well-rounded, such a good dad. Yeah such a good son yeah he's just a good person i've I never think that's like what it is yeah he's just such a good person yeah. yeah and he yeah has put up with me a lot yeah mm-hmm. i bet he did but it was awesome spending time with him i got to go out with him and his partner so that was very cool it was so cool yeah. man. i just love the dude and his partner's great too so uh he's training now oh is he yeah so he's right got a on. newbie yeah awesome a newbie so, but he's good because he's so patient and he freaking knows the job so well so yeah, yeah he um He's training now, so cool. probably for the next like six ish months. So yeah. he'll be doing that for a bit. But yeah, it's good. Cool. It was good to see him and his partner like straightening yeah. out his team the night that I was there. Mm-hmm. After because it was right after that um, the conference from the the gentleman that was from the states. Yeah. That guy. Who was that guy? He was like retired FBI or something like that. Oh, is that? Okay, it, I it went was to that. The stress one, the law yeah, enforcement yeah. one, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Law, yes, I w- we went to that. Yes, yeah, it was right. really good. That and was that good. same night was when I went out, or the next night was when I went out with him and his okay. partner. Okay, cool. And they were both redirecting their team back to these strategies of, wow. listen, why are you just pissing and moaning about this thing? Yeah. Instead of like letting that go because yeah. that's not as important as you think it is. Yeah. That kind of stuff, like actually totally. using what they had heard. He still uses that on me because... Uh, lately what I've been doing is, you know, after night shift and stuff, mm-hmm. I'm so dead. Like I have no problem. Like I can't physically get out of bed sometimes because yeah. I'm so exhausted. But he's like, that's what it says in that book is like, you have to make yourself get up. You have to go for a walk. You yeah. have to exercise because if you don't like you will get into that because we're on such a high mm-hmm. and then we're on such a low and we just crash. Yeah. And like, that's where I've been. So it's like, huh, painful. Well, you said that about the high. And I think that's like important to remember that from the time officers start the shift till the time you, you end yeah you're elevate your um, vigilance is elevated mm-hmm. i mean we call it hyper vigilant 
The trouble with that is that most people who've never had to be hypervigilant don't quite can't grasp that yeah. mentality of going from up here to like this yeah. without the aid of some chemical. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And like our adrenaline too is constantly yeah. going, you know, pull somebody over, you you don't know, right? Mm. So it's like, it's constant. Yeah. And your mind's always kind of working and then like switching from days to nights that mm -hmm. messes you right up. So yeah, it's very exhausting. And mm -hmm. um, that's something that I really need to work on is like make like what that guy said in that yeah. book and stuff. But yeah. It's well, it's just because it's practical, right? But mm -hmm. at the same time, it's practical. It hasn't been taught. Exactly. There was like these periods where it was taught and then that book went away. Yeah. Right. And now it's back again because we're, we're really, we're realizing all the stress, um, the, what do they call those? The stress, occupational stress injuries. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, it's like not all members went to that conference. So yeah. only a very small portion of them actually went. So. That's a good point. Maybe like a percent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like mental health and stuff, you mm. know, take care of yourself. Well, what does that mean? Yeah, exactly. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, you've got to learn about what that means. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Whew. What a night. What? Not a nightmare. It's been a. It's been a journey. I'll call it a journey. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. I remember when I first came and saw you guys. Hated it. Yeah. Very much so. You know what? Too like made me so mad because I hated meetings. God, I hated going to meetings. Yeah. But like I was not told that I had to, but that's how I perceived it and mm -hmm. was kind of told that so I didn't know I thought I had to go to those yeah. meetings like the CPS ones and yeah. then also all the other ones but I was told later on that I really also didn't <laughs> yeah so I was like oh man anyways I am glad that I did but mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's been a struggle I went I went through um yeah sponsor got a sponsor mm -hmm. she helped me in a good spot where I was when I first came in and that was good. Um, man, did I fight? I fought and fought mm -hmm. about nine, 10 months. That was not nice. That was mm -hmm. not fun. That was actually like quite nightmare nightmarish. It makes everything harder, man. Oh man, it does. Yeah. I don't recommend it, but I was not willing, like, yeah. I, you know, Something that I've always, like you had already said, something I've been from day one is honest. Like I will mm -hmm. never bullshit you. I will never tell you I'm feeling a certain way if I'm not, yeah. because there's no, at this point I've hit rock bottom. Like I'm not gonna yeah. sit here and tell you that I'm okay in a bloody meeting when I'm not. And I do hear that sometimes in meetings and yeah. stuff. And I'm just like, I call bullshit on that. Cause that's what I was like. Yeah, I did that. And um, yeah, what a nightmare, but I still did the meetings Mm -hmm. I push boundaries all the time. I wonder if I could go to a meeting once every two weeks. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, you cannot do that, especially early in sobriety. <laughs> it does not work. Um, well, I think like to speak on that, like the one one of the things that doesn't work about that is when you're in early sobriety, mm -hmm. you need the consistent, repetitive messages that you get mm -hmm. in order to help alleviate the stress that goes on. Yeah. Right. So what yeah. we're what we're thinking we're getting by avoiding those meetings we're actually doubling up on the yeah, stress. Right? Absolutely. Because now we're avoiding the one place where we can actually get messages that combat what we're telling ourselves. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's far out, man. I'm glad you stuck it out. Yeah, I know, right? Like, yeah. frick. You know, too, though, like for me, like, I think, you know, because I hear a lot of people relapse and stuff mm -hmm. like that, and um, I can't relate to that because I, I never did, but mm -hmm. um, 
I was lucky I didn't, that's for yep. sure. However, what kept me going was my job. Mm -hmm. I knew that I would potentially lose that job if I didn't, whether yeah. I would or not, that's what I thought. Yeah, of course. And I was like, I cannot relapse. So that was a huge push for me. And mm. you know, like we said, you said a bit earlier, like I worked my whole life for that yep. since I was just a little girl. So for me to lose that to get mm -hmm. drunk i was like ah, stubbornness right i'm not yeah. gonna do that i'll show you people yeah um good man people th people think yeah. that stubbornness is not an asset but it's a fucking asset yeah i just wish i uh put that towards more like stubborn of going to meetings and working exactly. the steps yeah. instead of being a dry drunk because but that's transformed now for you though. totally yeah and it just took me a while and i started mm -hmm. in the mothership program which you know helped me at the beginning and I was I just kind of felt like I needed something else. I love the mothership program. They're oh. totally fucking aliens. You think so? I love it. Yeah. I mean and by they I mean we because yeah. I'm I'm from the mothership program too. Uh, AA, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, I found a different fellowship which yeah. freaking worked out better for me. Really, like, not that I don't like the mothership. But what, do you, what did you think was, you're probably going to tell us this anyway, so I'm asking a new question. But no worries. What did you think the difference was for you? Um, to, like, honestly, like, yeah. I think the meetings and stuff, look, not just looking back now, but I think intuitively knowing at that time, the meetings and stuff that I was attending mm -hmm. was sick. And I was not getting that push. Mm -hmm. I wasn't... Um, getting that support that I needed yeah. because the moment I left and went into that another program I straight up told them I'm not doing your bullshit stuff I want I'll come here but I'm not doing anything I'm not working the program mm -hmm. I don't want to sponsor I have one but I didn't really and um, yeah I stuck it out mm -hmm. and then it wasn't until like I was in so much pain and my life was literally falling apart all over again like it had when I was drinking, mm -hmm. it was like equivalent, really. Almost worse because a cool thing is when you get in, uh, sober is you get this, you know, lovely gift of awareness mm -hmm. and, you know, a conscious. So like, yeah. Um, yeah, like I was so aware of all these things and mm -hmm. I, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So I, yeah. And then to be honest, like I stuck it out a bit in another fellowship and then, um, I needed freaking help. So mm -hmm. I reached out to somebody um, who gave me her number. Um, my sponsor now yeah. gave me her number a long time ago when I was super, super sick. And I had still kept that. I still mm -hmm. have it at home, which is really cool. And um, she didn't even recognize me because I had not gotten better, but I was a wee bit better when she had seen me the last yeah. time. Because I literally used that fellowship to go and cry, basically, yeah. about how shitty my life was. Mm -hmm. I'd still use AA and and uh, go there... Um, you know, for the meetings and stuff, mm -hmm. but I'd go ball and be honest at the other one too. Yeah. And uh, yeah, got a, I was, I brought a newcomer in, um, into this other fellowship and freaking, um, got a sponsor and she mm -hmm. changed my life. My life changed completely. Yeah. Like night and day difference. Mm -hmm. She spent about three to six months with me fully like going hard at yeah. the, the book. I got positions. I was the GSR, mm -hmm. um, I met some freaking, I have some amazing people in my life mm. now. It's so cool. Yeah, I love it. It's so good. Um, literally, yeah, changed changed mm. my views on everything. And cool. it was really cool, yeah. But it's because I, I did the work. Mm -hmm. And that's hard work. But 
Um, yeah. Well, and part of the work, though, that people might not understand is keep coming when you don't want to. Yeah, right? yeah. It's because true. that is a part of the work. Mm -hmm. I don't care how you describe it. If you stop coming when it gets hard, you're yeah. not going to come. Totally. Right? Yeah. And so that's part of the work is just yeah. showing up yeah. when you don't want to. Yeah. And I even test myself today, like, mm -hmm. oh, I don't need to go to a meeting. Oh, you probably should have gone to that meeting or yeah. something like that, like constantly, or I don't need to do a 10 step 10 call or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, probably should have done that or my uh, step 11s and stuff like that. So I still push the boundaries all the mm -hmm. time, trying to figure out what works, what doesn't. And like deep down, I know what works. Yeah. You know, I, I just get lazy. And you know what? That's okay. Yeah. Because this like regiment, this disciplined lifestyle is new for us. Yeah. Right? Like being disciplined in terms of this, these specific areas. Yeah. Not to get what we want. We've always been disciplined there most of the time. Right. Yeah. I shouldn't say always. But generally totally. speaking, when I was there was something motivating me, mm -hmm. I would be disciplined. Yeah. But when there wasn't, I was like a shit show. Totally. You know? yeah. I need structure. Yeah. I, that's how I live my life. And mm -hmm. yeah, like I've been able to change my whole life, um, have amazing people in my life, which yeah. is really cool. Uh, my relationship with Al has gotten so much better. I love that. I'm still hard on the kids For sometimes. Sure. Like, I don't know if that will ever fully go away. But, but let's be honest, like you're a different personality than he is. Totally. Right? Yes, very much yeah. so. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to, there's yeah. going to be that like back and forth, I think. Yeah. 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 He married me. So, I mean. <laughs> I, I have a feeling that he's pretty fond of you. Yeah. He yeah. must be. Yeah. Like literally. Totally. I must be pretty cool. <laughs> you must be a pretty cool human like underneath yeah. all that stuff. Eh? Totally. Yeah. So, we're doing. Or he's a fucking saint. Or that. Which is possible. I would never tell him that, but. <laughs> I'll tell him. Yeah. You can tell him that. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, we're good. Mm -hmm. um, my relationship with my family is good. Uh, yeah. It's life is just changed. And uh, yeah, I've been back to work now for, um, so I was off for about a year and a half. And then I've been back since December last year. Mm -hmm. And oh my God, what a difference. Like, yeah. uh, you know, people always talk, oh, wait. Wait for the miracle, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, fuck mm -hmm. that miracle. Like, you You've know. experienced part of the miracle, though. Totally, yeah. yeah. And I never really knew what that miracle was. And, mm -hmm. and, but I, and I also couldn't um, put both, like, the program into my life. Like, mm -hmm. for me, it was just program that was separate part of my life. Yeah. That wasn't my life. I hated it. It was like, whatever. Mm -hmm. We'll just stuff it over here. Whereas now... I'm able to use that in my life mm -hmm. and it's really cool. Like my job is completely different. I'm a completely different person. I like the confidence that I have is unreal. Like when mm -hmm. I put that uniform on, like I'm so proud and um, I just feel good. Like mm -hmm. I, and I've never felt like that before. Um, I, you know, I used to care so much what people thought about me mm -hmm. and like, sure, I, I, it still comes up and stuff, but I'm able to deal with that now mm -hmm. a lot better because people are always going to talk about me no matter what or say yeah. this or that, especially in the career that I've chosen. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just going to happen. And, um, yeah, like I've, um, I've built pretty good relationships with people at work mm -hmm. still. And it's really cool. Um, yeah, like it's, I think it's the confidence and the, being able to like not being so fearful. Like I mm -hmm. couldn't believe how fearful I was. And it's crazy because I see so many people like who, where I was mm -hmm. and like, I'm not attracted to that. Yeah, It's like, stay away from me. You're too negative or something yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy, but that's where mm -hmm. I have to be, you know, patient. And yeah. 
Well, you got to be patient with yourself because you're still learning. Right? Oh God, yeah. I'm still learning, man. Yeah. Like there's none of us are done learning. Mm -hmm. If so long as we want to like actually live a full life, yeah, we're not done. Totally. You know. Yeah. No, it'll be two years for me on June 11th. Really? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Which is my mom's 60th birthday. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Really? It's her birthday, yeah, which is so we share the same birthday. Wow, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's Happy super birthday cool. to your mom. Yeah, I know, right? June 11th. June 11th, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so soon, uh, which is kind of crazy, but... That is really crazy. Yeah. But you know, like, when I, when I sobered up, it's my sober date is the same day my grandpa passed away. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like it's every crazy. Time I, every time I see the... I didn't know that until mm. I was about, I want to say five or six years sober. Mm. And we went to visit his grave. And as we're standing over his grave in Saskatchewan, I look down and I see the date of mm. death. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. My grandpa passed away probably to give me a chance at life, mm. right? In some way, some yeah. way, shape or form. I know it wasn't about me, but it's like that connection totally. to family, right? Like Totally, yeah. yeah. That's crazy, cool. man. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's so because that was the day that like I went to treatment. So. Yeah. Yeah, and sobered up. So. Fantastic. Yeah, it's kind of cool, and yeah, mm -hmm. it's been a rough two years, but for sure it has. And even now, like I, you know, have my shit together more so than I did, mm -hmm. but like I still have days and weeks where I'm very up and down, yeah. and moody or emotional or mm -hmm. whatever, and you know, have to lean on the program and stuff for sure. Totally. I'm, I'm, I'm certain, well, relatively certain that the last few months have been even more difficult for you because you're still reasonably new Yeah. within two years and yeah. we had a lockdown. Yeah. So one of the things that I noticed about the lockdown with people that I work with regularly are immediately they're being told to do the thing they were, they've been told not to do. Yeah. Isolate. Right? Yeah. Like we've, we preach it. Yeah. We preach it from the minute you walk in the door. If you isolate, you're probably going to die. Mm-hmm. And now we're telling people the opposite, which we need yeah. to isolate. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but that is a very con a difficult message. Sure. For people who've been maybe recently taught to rely on other people. Yeah. Right. Just so much change. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, like most of us, like I don't really like change that much. And yeah. Some of us alcoholics are the worst people for change. Absolutely. Ever, right? We're like, no, fuck. I'd yeah. rather be on fire than change. Totally. <laughs> and it's like constantly happening in my life. And yeah. I'm like, uh, why? So yeah, it's mm -hmm. been like, it's been hefty, but, um, something that I just have to really, you know, yeah. rely on uh, my higher power to kind of help me and, mm -hmm get through that kind of stuff in my program and stuff. But yeah, yeah it's all stressful sometimes, but yeah. Of course, of course it is. Yeah, it's a crazy journey, that's for sure. And it'll be nice when things get back mm -hmm. to normal. Like I am excited about that, but still pretty grateful for the things that I have in my life. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's cool. Cool. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I uh, feel like the natural room, like the natural feeling kind of like just settled yeah, yeah. totally yeah i'm yeah. good cool I'm easy. yeah it's cool well i'm i'm glad thank you for coming yeah totally thank you so much and thank you for continuing to try to get better out there thanks because i'll be honest with you like our world needs good police yeah like it really does man we need yeah. good police women and men yeah trans whatever whatever we it is we need good police we need to change that culture yeah right for sure yeah and so thanks for coming yeah. in and Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Cool. And if you're wondering, Albert is a really good human. And he's also <laughs> a policeman. 
Oh God. Right? And <laughs> he's just, he's a wonderful guy. He is. Right? So, yeah. and, and you know, like huh. having you here is like important for lots of reasons. I think maybe reasons that I can't even be, I'm not aware of mm-hmm. and that we'll never be aware of maybe. Mm-hmm. But honestly, one of the things that's been on my mind lately is all the friends I have that are wear the uniform mm. and all um, uh, and how some people's wearing of that uniform tarnishes the reputations of those who aren't doing bad shit. Yeah. Right. And sure. so, again, I'm not defending the people who did do bad shit because those people need to be brought. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. I'm just not the judge of what's bad and what's good because I don't know the details. Yeah. Right? But I, I recognize very much so how, as a society, mm-hmm. I think specifically in North America, mm-hmm. we need good police yeah. to outshine the bad police. Yeah. Because um, we're supposed to be in connection with the police as a citizenship, right? Yeah. And one of the things that I've noticed with people I work with, but myself as well, is that my, my desire for law and order is dwindling. Right. Because there's so many people that don't have never experienced law and order Mm -hmm. that the the goal of that is dwindling because really there's a part of me that's just human. Yeah. And sees tyranny and all of the things right that not in you or but this is the split because I have like really good. My best friends. Mm -hmm. Right. Are police. Mm -hmm. And when I think of um, I saw one of my friends down in the States who's a sheriff in L.A., he posted a picture of a sheriff's vehicle that was been trashed last yeah. night, I guess, from the riots down mm-hmm. there. Um, and, you know, I'm scared for my friends, mm-hmm. but I'm also like, I, I appreciate what people have to do, mm-hmm. right? I don't want anyone to get hurt. Mm-hmm. I don't want police. I don't want any citizens to get hurt. But what I don't want more than that is for um, people of color to continuously be abused, mm-hmm. not by you or me, but like to continually be abused in general, right? And um, I know I don't have all the answers. I know I don't, hmm. but I really appreciate you coming here for lots of reasons. But that one as well, hmm. because I think right now what what I what I need probably maybe it's what other people need is I need to see human policemen and women, right? Yeah. Like I need to we need to see the human that goes into that mm-hmm. and tries to maintain that level of professionalism and like honesty and integrity. What we well, some of us have come to really believe the police could be mm-hmm. right um, now. That doesn't mean it can't. It doesn't have to change. It absolutely needs to change, right? When I look at like CPS before you came to Calgary, right? Like yeah. I think of the changes that are happening within that service, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's fucking amazing. In the short time I've been there, a part of the service as a volunteer, yeah, like it's amazing how things are changing. I just hope it's not some you know, um, what do they, what do we call that? Some whitewashed, uh, hmm. thing to get our attention off of it. Right. Yep. To, to keep us in line. Like, I, and I know that I don't, I'm not a conspiracy guy <laughs> because usually when I start going down the rabbit hole of conspiracy, yep. I think, well, where the fuck does this end? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But I do understand that there are some conspiracies that are real, mm-hmm. right? Things that there's a reason why we are so connected from here in Canada down to the States. And it goes way beyond like just some border, right? Yeah. It's because we're humans and we're all fucking North Americans. Yeah. Whether we like to believe it or not, mm-hmm. we're all part of the same system and 
Something's got to change. And again, I'm not smart enough to know what it is, but <laughs> yeah, me either. But God, I, I guess I'm I'm sad enough to know it has to change, mm-hmm. right? And and yeah. hurt enough by my fellow human suffering, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what I'm fucking talking about now. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I'll circle it back to thanking you. Cool. Thank you Thanks, for having Jonathan. me too. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Please stay tuned every Wednesday as we air another episode. Thank you for your time. And please, if you're in trouble, reach out. If you need to contact us at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca or you can look for us on Facebook under Freedom's Path Recovery Society. Thank you again for tuning in. Please stay tuned for upcoming groups, activities, and podcasts.